When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we're all in take five. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Rain coming down all through Central Texas. Good, good sized showers moving through here this morning. That's going to make traffic a mess, obviously. We need it, though. We absolutely need it. It looks like it. the heaviest of rain now is up uh, north in Williamson County and, and north of that. So, uh, some, some good showers all moving through this morning here on Ian Rod B. Appreciate that. Appreciate you being with us. Who shizzle. However, you're finding us. And uh, five hours a day, five days a week. Be halfway through the program at the bottom of the hour. At the bottom, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain with Rod on uh, deep dive thoughts on Texas. And how to turn the page. We're from Sark on that coming up. Leaders need to emerge and, well, not emerge, but step up in yep. a big way coming off the big win. Uh, you know, you played the wins. game, Rod. You played the game. So this is this is one of those, I mean, at least my read. I mean, obviously you could you could see you getting complacent and pats on the back and all that. Same time, you just played a hell of a game. It's only you want to get back on the field keep playing, right? Just just uh, keep the momentum going and just keep, keep uh, you know, because there were doubters, of course, and there were detractors and how good is Texas and they're, mm-hmm. they're a pretender. Well, now you've shown you're a contender. That would lead me to think uh, competitive people like football players would want to just keep keep competing and getting after it. Yeah, I think the um, you know the, the the confidence factor is hard to quantify, but I do think it'll play a huge role. I mean, you have to think these guys and you know any athlete in a situation where you're focused on the process, the process, which is you know the practicing, you're working out, cultivating your craft. You focus on the process and you trying to perfect that process as much as you can. But you don't really you know know what the result's going to be, the outcome. You think you know because you're grinding hard, working hard. You got a plan, you got preparation, you got your game planning. You be- you believe that the outcome and the result's going to be good, but you don't know. Could go out there and you know uh, end up having a you know, terrible performance, and we've seen that happen before too. Trust me, we've seen. You think that. Uh, the Steelers didn't work hard to get ready to play the 49ers and then go out there and have one of the worst performances uh, under Mike Tomlin as the head coach of the Steelers. It happens. Uh, Arkansas State probably worked really hard before, hell, Oklahoma blew them out. What was it, 72 to something like that to zero? All right. Trust me, you just don't know what the result's going to be. And then once you get that result, that outcome, then you go back and reevaluate the process and go, all right, all right. Now, did the process work? Did we get the desired result and outcome? If we didn't, now we got to go back and tweak the process yeah. so we can get the desired result. But these guys, they got the desired result. So now I, I believe, and this is what I would do as an athlete, once I get that desired result and outcome and it showed me that all the hard work and the process actually did pay off, I want to double down on the process. There you go. I want to do even more of it. I want to put in if I put in thirty extra minutes after practice per week. You know what, man? Maybe maybe I should put in forty five. Maybe put in like an extra hour Correct. in the weight room. Maybe I need to watch even more film. If if that process got me to the desired result of beating Alabama in Tuscaloosa, 
which is something that, you know, is really probably the toughest place to win in college football, then now I have the trust factor. Now I completely trust the coaching I'm getting. I completely trust the process being implemented by Sark and the coaches. And if I'm a if I'm a player on that team, I double down now. Now I'm working even harder than before because I have confidence that the process works. I just need to focus more on the process and perfect it even more, and I'll get the product and the desired result. Now I'm, I'm getting noticed, right? I mean, we were talking yeah. about Keaton, Keaton Crawford, Jim Nagy at the mm. Senior Bowl, seeing him, and that's so. Keep working, mm. keep grinding, keep and grinding, uh, man. Uh, you can uh, you know have a special year. Uh, that certainly was the case back the last time the Longhorns you know played for a national championship. I mean, they they understood the grind was what leads to the success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it we, we haven't seen it in a while, so we'll see if they can keep this rolling. Exactly. Let's get to the other headlines and uh, get you caught yeah. up on the news of the morning to start the eight o'clock hour. <laughs> Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring it to you. Texas's win at Alabama Saturday, clearly a hit with the TV viewership. How about ESPN reporting yesterday? 8.8 million people watched the Texas Longhorns defeat Alabama across all their platforms. Most watched regular season game on ESPN since 2015. Of course, that came before Disney Corp settled their blackout dispute with Spectrum Cable as well. This week, the uh, fourth-ranked Longhorns look to keep that momentum going. They're going to host 2-0 Wyoming at DKR. Head coach Steve Sarkeesian clear this week that and now that the team has won that game, set a new bar, it's up to the leaders to maintain it. They set a new standard for what we're capable of, which we talked about. And then how do we recreate and get to that standard and then try to exceed that standard to create another new standard? And so that's where the leadership kicks in. Like, I, again, I'm not trying to knock these guys down. I'm trying to point out areas for improvement so that we can we can keep growing as a team. But that's where the real leaders step up. Worst fears realized yesterday in the NFL for the New York Jets. MRI confirms they've lost starting quarterback Aaron Rodgers for the season. Achilles tear in the left leg. Head coach Robert Sala in New York did give his new starter, Zach Wilson, a strong endorsement. Scoffed at those who believe their playoff hopes are ruined. Of course, Wilson was the second overall pick in the 2021 draft. But a big test for him this week, leading the Jets into Cowboys Stadium Sunday afternoon to face that ferocious Dallas defense that pitched a shutout in Week 1. Sacked Daniel Jones seven times. Week two in the NFL does kick off tomorrow night with the Eagles hosting Minnesota on Thursday night football. Major League Baseball, two and a half weeks remaining in the regular season now. Texas Rangers taking care of business. They won their fourth straight game last night. Uh, they belted the Blue Jays for the second straight night, 6-3. to three. Corey Seager, three more hits. Robbie Grossman, big two-run two homer. Max Scherzer tossed five and a third shutout frames, but did leave that game with a right tricep spasm, they're calling it. Rangers are taking care of business. Astros are not. Houston, meanwhile, has you know two nights with Go Oakland. 99 loss. Oakland A's have come into Minute Maid Park and won the first two games of that series against the Sleepwalking Astros. They beat Fran Valdez on Monday night. They jumped on Justin Verlander last night, cruised to a 6-2 win. Astros have scored two runs and had nine hits against the AL's worst pitching staff. Houston now 37-37 on the year at home. Their AL West lead over the Rangers down to one game and a game and a half over Seattle. Tough loss for Round Rock yesterday at Dell Diamond. They lost to Las Vegas in the first game of that critical series, 6-5. Two teams now tied for first place in the Pacific Coast League. Second half standings and a terrible story out of the NBA. And an arraignment yesterday, prosecutors in New York alleged that Houston Rockets guard Kevin Porter Jr. inflicted serious injuries upon his girlfriend during an attack early Monday that included a fractured neck vertebrae and a deep cut above her right eye. 23-year-old is facing felony charges of assault and strangulation in Manhattan. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. And uh, man, that Kevin that, that Kevin Porter Jr. story is uh, disturbing. 
to say the least. To say the least. And as we said earlier, the, the, the young lady is a former a fractured w- neck vertebrae. For, former WNBA <laughs> player named Kaiser Gondruzic. And um, yeah. Uh, the, 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 her name is spelled K-Y-S-T-E, but it's pronounced Kaiser. They just mm. call her Kai, and uh, apparently in a hotel. Um, terrible story. And I've already seen it. Some people, a couple of people mentioned that the Rockets have waived Kevin Porter Jr. I've not seen that story, but okay. it wasn't surprising. He should um, be. Yeah, he, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do some research. I follow a lot of the Rockets guys and see if that's actually final, but it's inevitable. It's inevitable. <laughs> right? I mean, the uh, charges. You've got broken neck. It's inevitable. There's, that's not, I mean, yeah. you can you, you there, but we've we've certainly you know tapped the brakes on he said she said stories and let's just wait to let the facts play out. But in this case, ladies, get me. He's got a big gash above her eye. She's got a broken neck. I mean, geez, Louise, yeah, uh, just horrible. Yeah, it's a horrible story. Uh, um, okay, uh, obviously, that's, uh, we we'll get back to to that. I will get to obviously the behind the burn on curtain twos, and we'll talk some uh, Texas. It's not Texas, Wyoming. It's Wyoming related, I think. Um, we'll dive deep into Wyoming prep and Wyoming game planning uh, as the week goes on. Um, but I have a kind of a macro topic I want to bring up. Give them to uh, me. Related to them. We'll go by behind the burner's curtain and do it. Uh, but okay, a, that'll be a, bottom. Yeah, it's, it's a more of a macro topic that I want to get into. So we'll do that. Uh, it's, it's Quinn Ewers related, but, of course, uh, that is as team related, too. So we'll get to that coming up. Can I give you a little nugget that I didn't really realize, and I saw this from Field Yates. He's an NFL insider. And honestly – I think it, it it means something. I think it means something, and it's going to have a dom a domino effect, a butterfly effect, if you will, on the Cowboys, on the Eagles, everybody in the NFC, and probably everybody in the NFL. So the 49ers are considered to be the uh, a lot of people to believe the the team to beat in the NFC. Some people got got them as their you know Super Bowl. I got to be Super Brock, Bowl. If this they beat be Brock, Pur- keep Brock Purdy healthy. I think yeah. they're going to be very hard to beat. Let me give you this nugget, E, and you tell me what it means to you. So the 49ers restructured Arik Ormstead. Yeah, the defensive tackle. Uh, yeah, uh, and they created about $11.7 million in cap space. After signing Bosa and then, of course, structuring his deal um, in a way I think they basically front load a lot of it so they can just give him all the money up front. It's the largest non-quarterback contract ever. The 49ers now, and after trading Trey Lance, too, a big part of that, they now have $41 million in cap space. Oh, wow. To start the regular season, they have more cap space than any other team in the NFL right now. Actually, forty-one and a half million dollars in cap space. The 49ers. What the hell are they about to do? What are they about to? They about to do something. Something's gonna. Right. I don't know when it's gonna happen. They got the trade deadline. That's in October. The 49ers. I think this year they're trying to go all in. They know the window. They is. know the, you're right, and they've been they've been knocking on it that window for a while. E, I can't imagine what they're going to do, but once we see teams start, I don't say they start tanking, but once we see teams start to slide, all right, like a month into the season, something like that, I wouldn't doubt if a lot of teams become sellers and they're selling some big-time pieces. They've got the room for it. That the 49ers can use, and the 49ers got $41.5 million in cap space to use. I don't know what they're going to do, do it, but that's dangerous. That that's is. dangerous. That's scary. No, I mean, that's – and, again, if you're going in – and, again, remember, they have Brock Purdy on the, the oh. seventh-round rookie contract, last He's pick the of the draft. He's the cheapest starting quarterback in the league. Right. So <laughs> you're asking how can they afford all this talent. Well, that's how. They've got a – and he's locked in for the next two or three years, Brock Purdy. If he stays healthy and they keep him, then he keeps Ooh. playing like he is, and he, as he has. I mean, what is he, 19 touchdowns, four picks in all of his starts now. 
Um, and you know the weapons just love playing for them. I mean, it's a that's a great point, Rod Babers, as usual, because you, we see it every year, right? We saw the uh, you know the Rams when they traded for Jalen Ramsey in the middle mm-hmm. of the season. Yep. Um, but when he came available, because you're yep. right. Right now it's week one. This is the same conversation about the Jets that you know they're not going to rush into anything right now. They're going to let Zach, Zach Wilson man the ship here for a little while. Uh, they're going to probably bring in a veteran quarterback. A Colt McCoy would make sense for the Jets, but they're going to see what Zach Wilson looks like. He is he a year better? Uh, in the system and, you know, with Aaron Rodgers helping them out. Same time, if they get to October and it's like it was last year with Zach Wilson, they could they could be in a mix for a trade. We've heard the name Matt Stafford mentioned that if the Rams, you know, they had a surprising win over the Seahawks in week one. Ooh. But if the Rams <gasps> fall off and all of a sudden the Cooper Cup injury is worse and they're not competing, could you see Matt Stafford to the Jets? Because the Jets are looking at it like, hey, man, we were built here to let's go win. And we're, our defense is elite. we got great weaponry. Uh, so we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. But you're right about the Niners, that what do we need? Where do we have a hole? They now have the cap space to attack it if they need to. Yeah. It's uh, just, uh, it, it, yeah, if a team like the Rams ends up in a fire sale or something, they probably should be in the tankathon. That could be interesting, especially you talked about Matt Stafford to the Jets. If they do that, that means they're no longer interested in guys like Aaron Donald either. <gasps> I wonder if you're the 49ers no, and you trade for Aaron that. Donald. Come on now. You know him and Sean McVay are really good friends. I know Sean McVay are really close. And Sean McVay can decide, hey, man, we're tanking. You can have Aaron Donald. Go win yourself a Super Bowl and we'll hang out. I doubt that. But I think your point (laughs) is well made. throwing it out there, man. Imagine the Cowboys with Aaron Donald, too. But they got to pay him. My boy is the 49ers. They they still got some. They got got $41 million in cap space right now. Like, you don't just do that for no reason. You don't just clear that much cap space for no reason. They got an idea of what they want to do. Just don't know exactly uh, what it is. Um, But getting back to the Jets, Diana Rossini did report that the Jets have reached out to free agent quarterbacks to try to, you know, build their quarterback depth. Um, And that list of free agent quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, Cam Newton, Colin Kaepernick, actually, reportedly, his agent has reached out to the Jets. Don't know if they've reciprocated any interest. But Josh Rosen, Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan, Chase Daniel, Nick Foles, Kellen Mond, Bryce Perkins, Trevor Simeon, Danny Etling, uh, Ian Book, Matt Barkley, Brett Hundley, and probably everybody's favorite in this neck of the woods, Colt McCoy. Yep. Um, Got to do it. Got to so. do it. That'd be great for Colt. Uh, all right. So, real quick, we'll, we'll pick up the Cowboys conversation, too, because they're the first team up for Zach Wilson. For the J-E-T-S. That's a tough baptism for Zach Wilson in 2023. Also, for you Texans fans out there, there is some good news, even with a week one loss, 25 to 9 to the Ravens that I uncovered, Rod, that we'll talk about. But I want to tell you about our friends at Underdog Fantasy. If you want to play alongside your favorite football team all season long and win some real money, uh, you can do it with underdogfantasy.com. It's a fantasy game. You can win real cash. It's legal here in Texas, and it's a blast. And it makes it simple. If you don't want to play in the long-term, manage-every-week leagues and you just want to have some fun game-to-game, this is what uh, Underdog Fantasy is all about. Uh, you, you, you pick take a game, pick between two and five players on either side in that game, and then you're going to select whether they're going to go higher or lower on their in-game totals. Uh, when they do, you know, and you need to sit back and watch the games. If they do, you can win up to 20 times your money in a single game going five for five. So you just got to pick the right players and go in over and under. Use your skill. Uh, also, you'll love Underdog because it's easy and fast to get started to play. The sign-up process is smooth. They have a super slick mobile app. It's the added level of entertainment that you might be looking for. I guarantee you'll love it. You can win some real money while rooting for your favorite players. Just go to their website or download that easy-to-use mobile app. Use the promo code HOGAN, H-O-G-A-N. That's H-O-G-A-N. And you could double your first deposit of up to 100 bucks with underdogfantasy.com, promo code HOGAN. Must be 18 or plus and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Consumer to play. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. 
Uh, Rod, the Jets against the Cowboys this week in Arlington, over under nine points. Um, nine points. Is that the, the Cowboys? No, that's are, just my guess. That's the number I'm putting on. Oh, right. you're Their total point out. output. Oh, I'm about to say, you no, about, how many points are they going to score? Well, I think the Cowboys are going to try to run the rock. I, I said it earlier, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, they played right into the Jets' hands after Aaron Rodgers went down. They still played high-risk, high-reward football. You want, against Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson's not a threat to really. No, I don't know if the Cowboys are going to score more than 16 or 17 points. I don't think they need to. I'm just wondering if they can, because the Giants couldn't get a point. No. And are you I saying do, how many points total or just no. the Jets? Do they score over 10 points in the game? Like Both total? teams? No, yes. the Jets. Uh, okay. Okay. The Jets, more than 10 points. Over. Because they yeah. score a defensive touchdown. Ooh. Well, that, well, that, that, that would be, that would be, count? That would be playing teams. high-risk football, as Rod says. Look, one thing I noticed from the Cowboys the other night, and this is my observation, and after hearing Micah Parsons and other players talking about how good their defense was going to be, this is this to me feels like Dan Quinn's painting his masterpiece kind of thing, right? And they want to back up the talk that we're the 2,000 Ravens, right? They, they, they want to play like that. So they, the fact that they shut out the Giants was not by accident. They're, they're, they're intentionally wanting to you know, shut people out, Rod. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think they have the ability to do it. Now you have a young quarterback in Zach Wilson who's going to be under duress with a bad offensive line. Uh, I like the Cowboys to be able to hold them under 10 points. I really do. If they don't turn the football over, I just don't know how they're going to mount – because I don't think Brees Hall gets loose for long runs like he did the other night against the Cowboys. It's just the fastest defense I think we, that I've seen. Uh, so I'm going to take under for the Cowboys, and um, you know it, it's one of those. I just think their 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 mindset is let's be the best defense, one of the best defenses in the history of the league. That's just how they they took the field the other night, and then they've talked about it all off season, Ron. And then they mm-hmm. backed it up. But let's 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 put ourselves up there among the best defenses this league's ever had. That's what I saw Saturday uh, Sunday night was a team that wants to they want to set a very high bar for what they do on defense. And against a, an offense like that, that I think there's going to be some shell shock with the Jets leading into that game. I think that could get ugly for them. I well, really do. The, the beauty of the defense that Dan Quinn uh, has deployed for the Cowboys is it's a you know it is a result of his philosophy that he has been you know tr- basically building and cultivating for a long time and it's even from his days back with uh, the Falcons he was experimenting with positionless football he just you know he didn't have enough uh, never have time there with Atlanta, all right, to really bring it to fruition. Um, but he also hadn't really completed the vision, or at least uh, in his mind, he hadn't really completed what his overall blueprint would be for how to execute positionless football. But he got a chance to do it with the Cowboys and the Micah Parsons draft pick when he got there, just serendipitous that he was also thinking about pioneering positionless football on defense in the NFL and ended up with the best positionless defender <laughs> in the draft with Michael Parsons. And I think that became his muse. And that that uh, you know that relationship, that became Dan Quinn's muse. And then he started building and bringing in all of these different players who had well, multiplicity. And Jerry Jones and Will started listening to him, right? Yeah, and he, it basically you got now the guys that he inherited were really good players. Demarcus Lawrence, Trevon Diggs, Dorrance Armstrong, Donovan Wilson, Jordan Lewis, Lane Vanderish, Neville Gallimore. But there are 19 guys, basically Dan Quinn additions that he's brought to this defense to turn it, to transform it into the best positionless football defense in the NFL. And that's what makes it so tough to go up against. It's so malleable. They use more safeties, rotations than anybody else because they play more safeties than anybody else. He's actually brought value to the safety position that the Cowboys organization 
uh, prior to Dan Quinn coming did not see or did not prioritize or emphasize. He's actually brought value. Now they're paying safeties, right. which the Cowboys have never done. They're doing that because Dan Quinn's system is so reliant on them. And also uh, with Dan Quinn, you know, he's maximizing and weaponizing these guys. He's basically been able to overhaul and, 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 re- and re- redeem and reclamate the skill set of a player. Um, he's done it. Yeah, he's done it with Jaron Curse. He's done it with Donovan Wilson's another guy. He's actually been able to maximize the talent of all those guys well, that and, he's using in his system. And now with the returning players of Leighton Van Der Esch, Donovan Wilson, and adding Stephon Gilmore, that's why I say that watching that Giants game. I mean, D- Daniel Jones was a fringe Pro Bowl quarterback last year. He led his team to nine wins and a playoff win. He had no clue what he was saying when he dropped back. He didn't have a clue. Uh, yeah, he didn't have time. But the disguise coverages you're talking about, those those you know three safety looks, you know you, you could just see it in his eyes. Like he didn't know what mm. to do with the football, Rod. I yep. mean, it was it was, and so I just watched Dan Quinn. I think he feels fully comfortable. The the team is fully now you know three years into his system, kind of like we talk about the Longhorns, three years of coaching continuity you know, with the players. That Cowboys defense scary. I'm going to take the Jets under ten points in this game. One note on the Texans, I wanted to mention Rod because they lost twenty five to nine in Baltimore. But if you dig into it, it wasn't as bad as that. It gives you, it can give Texans fans some optimism. A couple things. One, I said going in, it was one of my locks of the week that the Ravens were going to cover the number because I knew the Texans wouldn't be able to run the ball with three injured offensive linemen, right? Mm-hmm. They had the three of their five starters hurt. And, you know, their running game, Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce combined for 53 yards on 18 attempts, 2.94 yards. But even with that, C.J. Stroud threw for 252 yards. He didn't turn the football over. Uh, he had a nice completion percentage. He didn't panic. He didn't make that crucial mistake. And it was actually a decent game into the fourth quarter when the when the Ravens extended it. I would also say, if you're a Texans fan, the uh, the defense, right, with D'Amico Ryans, which is going to be his side of the ball. How about this, Rod, when you're looking at pass rush rate? The stars of the game for the Texans were Will Anderson and Jonathan Grenard. They're two defensive ends. Those two guys combined for 11 tackles, two sacks, eight quarterback pressures, and three run stuffs. The rookie Will Anderson got his first sack of mm-hmm. his career, the first of many. And they limited Lamar Jackson to 17 uh, completions for 169 yards. Derek Stingley, the corner, Stephen Nelson, the corner, didn't leave the field. And Locke did a good job on Odell Beckham Jr. And the, uh, the new you know, Zay Flowers became the best weapon uh, remember, this was a Ravens team playing without Mark Andrews, their great tight end. But uh, the Texans defense limited them. They just couldn't run the ball. And CJ, but again, I, I thought there were there were reasons for optimism. I think they have a decent chance to beat the Colts this week in uh, Houston in their home opener. They forced two turnovers. They did, um, and actually, that's something they've been doing for a while. It's a seven straight game, I think, going back to last season where they forced at least two turnovers. And you're right about Will Anderson. And they moved him around the front, which I like, too. His six quarterback pressures were the most by a rookie uh, in week one since Nick Bosa and Josh Allen in 2019. His six defensive stops, most by a rookie edge on opening day since 2016. Um, he was he was fantastic. Fourth in pass rush win rate among edge rushers in the NFL in week one. He was really, really good. And it looks like that defense. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I'm with you with D'Amico Ryan. It looks like that's going to end up being what leads the way for the Texans this well, season. And, and it keeps them in games. And again, they're not a playoff team, but reasons for optimism, finally. C.J. Stroud, 28-44, 242 yards, no picks. They didn't turn the football over. And then, you know, Zay, if you're a Ravens fan, that, that cornerback duo held Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham Jr. to three to, to six total, total catches for like 60 yards. Uh, the guy that, that really hurt them was Zay Flowers, uh, the rookie out of Boston College who had nine catches for 78. And they kind of used him in, a, in kind of a – he's just that little gadget guy, right? And the quick pass game mm-hmm. uh, to him, he's so quick. So – that's uh, some reasons. Cowboys certainly have every reason to be optimistic that, that this can be their year uh, built around that defense and more conservative offense. Uh, Texans have reason. I think they can beat the Colts this week down in Houston uh, at really? NRG Stadium. I think they can. Well, I saw. I watched the Colts play the Jags. Um, the, play the Jags pretty tough. They did. Um, they did, but there was a kind of a weird fumble touchdown that the Jags put on the board when everyone stopped and the defensive lineman ran in the end zone. It was a 10-point win. It could have been more. I think the Texans have a chance at home against a rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson coming up this week. But they got to be able to run the ball better. They still have those offensive line issues that are going to continue to be a problem for them until they get healthy up front. All right, we'll come back. When we do, we go behind the burnt orange curtain. Rod continues to talk Texas football. We will hit the off-the-record conversations before the end of the hour. The little NFL chatter on a Wednesday here on Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Yeah, exciting times for Longhorn fans and Cowboy fans. Dreaming big, thinking big. Trying to stay on the uh, the course, but uh, both teams as good as they've been in a while. I'd also say for the Cowboys, Rod, you know, it was we talked about yesterday, when you look at the week two, week one out into week two, power ratings that come out and everybody's oh, yeah. got their opinions. Uh, you know whether it's the Niners, the Cowboys. I still think the Niners should be above the Cowboys just because they've played in the playoffs each of the last two years, and the Cowboys haven't been able to beat them. Mm-hmm. So at this point, you put the Niners ahead just a little bit ahead. I Eagles, Eagles are there, right there. And but man, it's those three, and you know so much for my idea that the NFC's down a little bit because all the best quarterbacks, uh, all the Hall of Fame quarterbacks are gone. But man, these the teams NFC, are the, the NFC's. They, their their models to win are different, right? You got Brock Purdy with the, with the 49ers, and Shannon doesn't think he needs a true franchise quarterback, at least one that's highly drafted or anything like that. So his model's a little bit different, built on the running game and defense. Uh, the Cowboys now are shifting their model from being Dak centric. All right, they want that big Dak energy a few years ago, but now they want that big D energy. All right, that, that defense. All right, that, that big Dan energy, yeah, big Dan, Dan Quinn, Quinn yeah, energy. Build around your strength. Yeah, forget and about then... that big Dak energy. We need that big Dan energy. That's what you got now. And then look at the Eagles, and they probably are the only one that's more quarterback centric with their model, just because. And they yeah, didn't it's... even know Jalen Hurts was going to end up being as great as he is in the MVP conversation last season. Yeah, you're built around Jalen Hurts and that the way that offense works for Nick Sirianni, but their defense. Oh. I don't know if I don't think their secondary is as good as Dallas's, but man, those three teams have three of the best defenses in this league. Maybe the three. The Jets would have an argument. The Jets are, in but there. they are three really, really good. Now, I will say this for the NFC: the NFC has a high, has a clear delineation. Those top three teams are better by a lot than the rest of the conference. Yeah, right? who's the, who's the fourth best team in the NFC behind know. those three? I don't know. You, Detroit. Put a name in a hat. Ooh, that's yeah. good. That's right. yeah, it's a good conversation. Yeah, Detroit can it be, could two be Detroit. Detroit. Green Bay. Well, hey, Jordan well, Love looks good. See a, we got to see a larger sample size. Because, but but their, their defense looks good, too, though. Green Bay's defense well, looks good. As, and as good as Green Bay was, got to add the fact that the, green, the Chicago Bears looked unprepared for Terrible. that game. 
Yeah, they did. So a bit. I mean, it was one of those man. Who's what are y'all doing? <laughs> what y'all do all offseason? You what guys gave you guys, you guys <laughs> gave up the first pick in the draft to acquire DJ Moore from Carolina, and you threw him the ball three times. Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on. What are y'all doing? It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so I would I, I would say right now on paper it's it's uh, it's Detroit, and Detroit's going to play Seattle this week, and that'll be an interesting matchup. It they, could be Seattle. Yeah. Seattle's supposed to be Seattle. Yeah. Well, they weren't good in they week one. They weren't good versus Sean McVay's Rams. Yeah. Let's see if Detroit. But yeah, but that's where I think in the AFC there's so much more parity. Right there's oh, yeah. all the teams are good. You're not sure who's the best. Clearly in the NFC, it's the top three, and then, then there's I think some real separation between. We'll those learn three a lot this weekend when Kansas City plays Jacksonville. Oh yeah, because a lot of people high, including you, on Jacksonville and on Trevor Lawrence's ascent. Now he looks like he's about to have his breakout campaign coming off last season, making the playoffs. Doug Peterson, the head coach and the play caller, and now you got Kansas City with Chris Jones back. We assume Travis Kelsey's going to be back. That'll be a nice matchup to see if there's any, uh, I don't know, clarity in the in the AFC. Well, I, I agreed, and that that that's do they because like they play, they played in the playoffs last year, the Chiefs and the yeah. Jags, and it was a pretty damn good game. That's and, like, that's the play. That's the game in which uh, Patrick Mahomes got hurt, right? Hurt his ankle. Oh and, yeah, and uh, got twisted around there. So, and then uh, that's, then that's the Miami Dolphins, my pick to win the AFC East, and. If Tua stays healthy, if Tua stays healthy, guys, he's the best quarterback in that division. It ain't Josh Allen. I hate to say it. All the stats and analytics would tell you that if Tua stays healthy, he's the best quarterback in that division, and it ain't Josh Allen. Because Josh Allen, he likes to give it away, give it away, give it away now. Yeah, he does. He does. He got 37 turnovers uh, since the start of 2022. I'd rather take Tua. If well, he's healthy, though, he's got to stay healthy. And I'll mention one thing about the Jaguars. You know, there's Josh Allen in Buffalo, Mr. Chili Peppers. Josh <laughs> Allen, because I did watch that Jacksonville-Indianapolis game last week pretty closely. Josh mm-hmm. Allen, their number one pick a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Had three sacks in that game. Yeah, he's This guy has emerged into mm-hmm. a really big-time pass rusher, which, you know, in the NFL, if you have a great quarterback like Trevor Lawrence with weapons, good backs, good offensive line, and you have all of a sudden have an elite pass rusher yeah. who can pressure Patrick Mahomes and two in these guys. He had three sacks in, in the, uh, the Colts game. Keep an eye on them. Their defense has improved. Remember, they they took uh, who, the number one kid out of Georgia a couple years ago, the big oh, yeah. defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're stout. They're a stout team, and uh, I like this, this that matchup this weekend. All right, so there's some NFL. Uh, we'll also get into more college football outside the Longhorns, and that yes, will sir. include Deion Sanders taking center stage again this week. Again? A comment he made. Also, did you see what Joel Klatt had to say about Jimbo Fisher? What do you call what he said about Jimbo Fisher? A lot of people talking trash on Jimbo these days. It's kind of like Josh Allen. It's pretty easy to do. It, it, well, he's he's like opening himself up for jokes. He's making himself a target for him. He's making excuses after losing the Miami game about Grass. players clapping to try to get turf him outside. Was bad. The turf was bad. It's like, come on, Jimbo. Yeah, he's flailing right now. Come on. He didn't expect 48 points on his defense in that game. Isn't that a defense with all the number one recruits and all that guy? Yeah, all those. Fitty, those, Fitty Burger. No, those D tackles and D like linemen. an unranked team at they, Miami. The secondary is uh, the secondary seems like they're in trouble. The D line, you put you got a lot of talent on that defensive front though. Yeah. The secondary, you may be lacking some talent for AM. Hey, let's go behind the BOC. It's time to talk Texas. What's the matter, Derek? Ty? Uh-oh. Well, we got some technical difficulties. Computer. Yeah. Well, just give us the burn orange yeah. curtain. Yeah, we got it. We'll just give you the burn orange curtain. Here we go. Uh, all right, uh, let's talk a little Texas. I want to get into this conversation, E, because I've always said that if a player is going to win the Heisman or be a finalist for the Heisman, you got to have a Heisman moment. Yeah. Um, It's pretty clear that Quinn Ewers might have had his Heisman moment. Now, it usually doesn't happen that early, but – Beating Bama, and we talked about if you're going to beat Bama, your quarterback's going to have a hell of a day, a transcendent performance. 
Quinn Ewers definitely had that, and you talked about the ratings, right? It's the, it was the most watched college football game on ESPN in what? How long? For Since 2015, 2015 on a Saturday, okay. on a, not a not a postseason game. Yeah, uh, on a Saturday. the regular season game. Yeah, uh, but there you go. So a lot of the nation college football fans were watching that game. Two uh, blue blood all time great brands like Alabama and Texas, uh, and then you had all that star power, all that talent, um, and then Quinn Ewers ends up having. The game of his life, right, transforms between from a caterpillar to a butterfly right before our very eyes. And right now, if you look at Caesar's Sportsbook and Casino, they have Quinn Ewers with the second best odds tri- tied with Travis Hunter. Oh, sorry, Travis Hunter. Jordan Travis. Excuse me. Uh, Travis Hunter probably is on. Yeah, he's on here. Actually, at plus 1,500. But he's tied with Jordan Travis, the Florida State quarterback, uh, with the second best odds to win the Heisman. For the Heisman odds for week three at plus 800. Caleb Williams, of course, the defending Heisman Trophy winner, he's at plus 375. So the question I have for you, E, is that is Sark as a play caller, right? I said going into this game versus Wyoming. So, of course, Sark's going to run the ball. I think he wants to infuse some confidence and consistency into the running game, and they don't have that right now. They weren't consistent versus Rice because they couldn't run the ball and impose their will on Rice uh, on the line of scrimmage in the first half. They did better in the second half. <clears throat> and they also, uh, versus Alabama, didn't run the ball early consistently, and even I talked about how they weren't going to be able to do that, and Sark said the same thing. They, they weren't going to be able to run the ball consistently. And they ran it late to close out the game, to choke out the game. But that's a little different than running it consistently and confidently the entire game. So the first two games of the season, you haven't really had a consistent run game. And I think Sark wants to establish that in the Wyoming game. But the Kim Kardashian, Nick Minas, and Renee Rousseau, Cardi B-Size, making the stallion size. But is that I wonder if now that he knows he's got a quarterback, the Heisman conversation, and you know Wyoming's going to give you Easy passes because they're so scared of your speed, beating him deep, scared of your vertical passing game. If you could beat Bama with the vertical passing game, you definitely could light up Wyoming with the vertical passing game. And I wonder if they'll give you easy completions, back their DBs up, and if Sark will use that to, I don't say pad the stats, but also use that to keep Quinn Ewer statistically relevant since now he is a Heisman frontrunner. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Now, I will say those are things that are good for your program when you're rebuilding they your are. program. Or really good. Or will the stats just come for Quinn uh, because the the passing the, the weaponry is so great? And but you still have to learn to run the ball better. And I still think without Bijan and Roshan, they haven't established that yet. I know the end of the game last week looked good, but as we you said and we thought Alabama was going to be tough to run on. Sark even said Alabama was going to be tough to run on early, but we stuck with it. But yeah, he wasn't pleased with their run game and their physicality against Rice. This is a good opportunity, but you know. Wyoming, you know, if you if you establish a run game and you're running for four, five, six yards of carry, well, that's going to lead to play action, which is going to lead to big plays down the field. So maybe you can accomplish mm. both here. You could. Uh, but the the stat you gave earlier that I really liked was uh, in the Alabama game, uh, only you know he held the ball for just over two seconds before two the ball point came. Two point one one seconds it was his average time to throw. Sure. Which tells you that Sark dialed up a great game plan, and the first first option was open a lot, right? Mm-hmm. It was, that first option was there. It's on schedule. Uh, only a few times did Quinn have to pull the ball down, tap it, and uh, boy, there were a couple of big third downs that he converted. I thought were really impressive for he him. Stepped up in the pocket, stepped a up, bit, yeah. hit Jordan Whittington on mm-hmm. one. Ooh, that was a nice one. That was like thirty-one yarder. Yeah, big play. Nice third down, so, I think. But, second down. But maybe. for most of the night, Sark's you know first first read first call was on point. 
and that helped that quarterback. I just I think against a team like Wyoming, you can try to accomplish both things. You can you can run the ball like crazy, uh, but also but as you're saying, you want to see Arch Manning. And yeah, he ain't gonna be the in there, but two quarters. Yeah, right. We talking about like two, two and a half quarters. I, if, if if everything goes according to plan, you only see Quinn for two and a half quarters. And I wonder if Sark is gonna be so committed to. You know, the confidence and the consistency in the running game that he'll say, ah, man, Quinn will get his. It's okay. Or if he goes, oh, man, Quinn's in the Heisman. Let me make sure that at least statistically he still stays relevant in that conversation because if you're building back the brand that is Texas football, it is good to get a guy in the Heisman well, finals. Coming off that game with all the eyeballs, right? if, he start, if he throws for two, 250 and three, that's couple, enough. couple three touchdowns, there you he'll go. be fine. Exactly. Be fine. Um, so it does matter. Like if, but if he throws for 150, you know what I mean? And one touchdown, right. I'd be like, ah, you know what? He lost some of his momentum well, in the Heisman conversation. Well, right. But but that's a long season. He'll have his other moments. The, the Oklahoma game now looms as a really big opportunity for it him. It does, that's but you've got to worry about the Pac-12 and all them quarterbacks. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, I would just say <laughs> they got that. got a bunch of them over there. I mean, my answer to that question would be I wouldn't be worried about the Heisman Trophy right now. I'd be <laughs> worried about you know, continuing to build this football team. If, if, if he's in the Heisman at the end and in the conversation going to New York, that'd be great. And if he wins it, that'd be awesome. But I don't think you game plan or think about that. I think the point. conversations are linked because the whole point of the Bama game plan was to get Quinn Ewers in the groove. It was all about getting Quinn Ewers confident. Yeah, but I don't think it that's built around the Heisman Trophy. No, no, but the point is, if it's about getting Quinn Ewers in the groove and getting him in a rhythm and getting him confident, that's why you beat Bama. Because your game plan was built on, let's get uh, Quinn Ewers to be the best version of himself in this game. And they did it with short, high percentage throws, 12 or 13 on passes behind the line of scrimmage, short, quick throws, uh, easy completions for him. And I'm just saying, like, those those things are linked because if you get Quinn Ewers in a groove, in a rhythm early, you're basically building the offense around his strengths, which they did in the Alabama game, and you can continue to do that. That's why you won the game. That's why he's in the Heisman conversation. And you're going to continue to do that all season long. You're not going to stop doing that. Sure. That's the magical formula. If you continue to do that, he's going to continue to be in that Heisman conversation. Yeah. So you ain't got to talk about the Heisman per se. This is about Quinn Ewers being the best version of Quinn Ewers. If you get that week to week, that's how you become a championship level team. Agree, because the running game is never going to lead you to a championship. Exactly, that's not year. the identity of your offense. The no. identity of your offense is built around strength, sure. and the strength of your offense but, is the passing game. Uh, but I don't have a problem with working on it here against Wyoming uh, before you hit conference play, because you're going to need it at some point. There's going to be a you weather game. There's going to be a a game where Quinn's off or whatever the situation, 40-mile-an-hour winds in still water like it was last year. There'll be that game where you need that running game, and if you don't work on it now and, and try to, try to uh, you know, improve it and find out who that guy is and who those running backs are, I think you know. I just think you need reps on that, too, while you're doing mm-hmm. what you're talking about. All right, coming back, we are going to hit the – oh, we're not. You're still not recent. We have a, we're having a board frozen. We are issue. having some issues. I've noticed that I can't even press the off button. Yeah, they well, you have a board like a, you would have a, a you know, you know, it's like our cockpit in there, and it's a big, big uh, board. And right now it's frozen, yeah. and to- typically when that happens, it means Ty might have uh, hit the. Like, sometimes you get some some static yeah. electricity on you, and you pop it, uh, and it'll freeze up. It just needs reset. But according to Ty, right now it won't reset. Um, so I love that the text says the short passes is the running game. It is. That's why. That's why this conversation is interesting, right? Because I think Sark does want to. He, he wants to build a traditional running game with the offense, but it is clear for anybody who knows, who knows Texas football right now and is paying attention, the identity of your offense. Listen, last year I said the identity was going to be what? I said it's going to be put some Bijan on it with a side of Rojo. That's exactly what the offense was. It was really simple. That was their answer to every question on the test. Every time you dealt with a, a, a crucial third down, every time you dealt with a negative play, um, how do we get our offense in a groove? What if our quarterback's off? What if our wide receivers can't catch the ball? What if our offensive line can't block? Hey, put some Bijan on it with a side of Rojo. That's the answer every time. This year the identity 
it has changed because your strengths have changed. No Bijan, no Rojo. Your strengths are your. And thing sucks. All right, appreciate you bearing with us through our technical issue. Had to reset our board, which took a minute or two, and that's where the dead air came from. We're back at it. What can go wrong? Will go is wrong. Up. It's radio. Can I give you a quick off the record ride because we're behind a little bit? But I want your thoughts on this. Throw it out there. Remember when Taylor Swift played a concert in Kansas City and uh, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey went to the concert mm-hmm. and had a plan to shoot his shot with oh, Taylor yeah. Swift? Had to get his phone number on a card and he was going to leave it with her and he never got to see. He's going to use a bracelet. Remember? Friendship oh yeah, the bracelet, bracelet the bracelet, the friendship bracelet. bracelet thing. Yeah. Never got a chance to see her. Well, apparently they got back to her and apparently now Travis Kelsey is hanging out with Taylor Swift. Hanging out. What does that mean? What's hanging know. out mean? Friend, I don't know. Friends they're, with benefits? hanging out. Are we friends with benefits yet? Both 33 years old. Both elite at what they do. And uh, apparently they're hanging out. I never, I never saw the big deal with her looks-wise. It's about talent, though. Talent she's, is also attractive. And she's not. She's pretty, and she's a genius. She's it a is. great it, songwriter. It's, it's usually from. It's usually on the flip side. Women find a, uh, like a talent on a man attractive, like Jay Z with Beyonce. Looks like Joe Camel, but he's really <laughs> he's really rich and he's talented, right? So you get a woman that way. I, sometimes it does flip where, where a woman can be really talented, and it makes her more attractive. And I think for Taylor Swift, that's it's like man, she's just a really talented person. She. She doesn't have the greatest voice, though. Don't get me wrong. I love Taylor Swift. She's the biggest star on the planet I know. Her right songwriting ability. Let's not ability. debate that. And her, she is a very good songwriter. Yeah, and she writes all her own music, so I always you appreciate that. You don't think her voice is great, though? No. It's yeah. not the best. not Beyonce. Yeah. But she can sing. She does. She's a, she's a, she's a performer. It's genuine. Her she's dance moves have gotten good. You know, she puts on a huge show. I would be this. This is my question. You're Travis Kelsey. You're 33. Bats are handsome. Big dude. Why would you want to? I mean, Taylor Swift comes with a lot of baggage in that she can't go anywhere. You can't even see her half the right. year. She's doing stuff torn. Well, stuff. she'll this tour will end and then she'll have some downtime. But man, you can't be in public with her. She gets mm. mobbed wherever she goes. It's unbelievable. Remember we had the story of when she went to dinner and we went to a wedding, and like the word got out she was having dinner at a little restaurant, and the place within thirty minutes was overwhelmed with fans. I wouldn't want any part of that. I mean, she, she you know, that would be my concern. That's, it's a nothing. She sounds like a great person, but man, that sounds like a mess. Yeah, but honestly, most of these relationships aren't real. Their publicists set them up with some other publicist, and they were like, hey, we need to get my person some publicity. So can y'all act like y'all are dating for a couple of months so y'all can gee on page six and y'all can be on TMZ? That, a lot of these relationships are, they, they're, like, they're, they're manufactured. Yeah, they're that. not real. Well, now, if it turns out to be real and they're actually dating for a long time, then it's great. But right now, that's why they say it the way they say it. They're hanging out. It's just so they can get us to talk about them hanging out so they can get free publicity. It's so. funny that you bring that point up, though, because I did see Travis Kelsey on 6th Street a few years ago. And nobody was walking up to him because nobody knew who yeah, he was. Yeah, he looks like a big like, dude. Like, yeah, that's Travis. And I was you like, can't go and now he's been on SNL. I know. And we we're like, what are you? Uh, what are you doing down here? He's like, I come party down here because nobody knows who I am. Yeah. So you he probably wouldn't like what you're. Well, and if the, you the, watch the, the Kelsey the Brothers glamour. podcast, you realize mm-hmm. those are just kind of every dude. Great point. You know, neither were big recruits, neither were high draft picks, and they just worked their way in their family. You know, their t- brothers, and you know, recently on the Kelsey podcast, they had. Uh, you know, tra- J- J- Jason Kelsey's wife joined it, and it was just hilarious. I, you know, she, that just seems like that's a, that's a reach if I'm Travis Kelsey thinking, I don't want to be a part of that madness. That's madness, Ron. That's what I'm saying. I don't even know if it's real. I think I it's like a publicist well, the fact thing that, that he did said it. he wanted to meet her, and he yeah, had that yeah, bracelet yeah, yeah, made. Yeah. He's at least yeah. interested in her. Yeah, yeah, that also can be manufactured, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can do all stuff like that all the time. It's, you know, it's a thing. I guess my question for you is, it's you're married and happily now. Would you would you ever want to date someone that that huge, or even close to it, where you can't when really go When you're single, to yeah, it's fun. 
Mm. When oh, you're yeah. single, you date for the hell of dating. You don't date because you think right. everybody's going to end up being your life of... partner. You don't date. Ty's not dating women thinking, I'm going to marry the next woman I date. Like, that's not how young people think. You think about, hey, I want to give this person, we want to bang it out a little bit and have some fun. And sometimes that turns into marriage. I don't know. I like, <laughs> I like to make girls fall in love with me as much as possible, no matter what. And then reject them? No. Once you, says, Ty, you, please, got a, you got a good black look at that Somebody point, in the text line says, Ty, please <laughs> provide proof you've ever dated someone more attractive than Taylor Swift. Challenge issue. Wow. I have. I think he has to. I, I and I'm has. not the best. I, I don't know what, what girls like about me, then, because I'm definitely not the most good-looking guy. So you got Maybe talent. I got some talent. You got talent, Ty. <laughs> you got talent. <laughs> he said provide, provide proof. All right, I'll tell. I mean, I could tell that story about me flipping my ex girlfriend back to the to the right team, not the we right don't need team, to, but our don't, team. We don't need more ah. dirty, dirty. She's a good one. Wow, we'll George be, girl. We'll be back. Hey, Jerry Hamilton like with the latest on the Longhorns recruiting effort. How much is it uptick since the Bama win and a big recruiting weekend coming at uh, the stadium? Plus, uh, Nick Shuley with Setlist ATX.